Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. And this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Steve, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, I'm doing spectacularly. And it is also my pleasure to uh, let all of our listeners know that this podcast is brought to you by uh, Region's Fifth Minute tackle on SAR that did not get a yellow card. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be thematic, I think, for the, uh, for the podcast today. Steve, that's the first I've heard anyone talking about Reggie not getting a yellow card in the fifth minute today. So um, I don't really know what you what you speak of. But on that note, Mike, let's move on to you. How are you doing? Uh, good. I have no crazy stories today. No, uh, no animal uh, confrontations. Um, <clears throat> really just uh, trying to live my way through this this weird situation we're in with our kitchen where we have all of our cabinets in they're ready to go but we haven't even templated for our countertops yet so living without a sink for now uh doing all our dishes and such in the in the bathroom sink and uh the limited countertop space is really killing me and the fact that we also don't have a dishwasher so uh, i get the feeling i'm looking at the dishwasher is that kind of accurate right now um, yeah, except that Amy did the dishwashing tonight. She was very nice and said, you go do your podcast, have fun with your boyfriends. And uh, <laughs> not not in that context, but your boyfriends. Um, but uh, she said, yeah, go go have a lot of fun and, and do your thing. And I said, oh, yeah, by the way, I have my fantasy football draft directly after we record. <laughs> nice. So you won't see me the rest of the night. And she said, good. <laughs> hey it's nice and she's she's tolerant and patient i do have to say my uh my wife is also tolerant and patient and uh occasionally when we're all in the midst of you know connected on whatsapp and my phone will be you know lighting up she'll say who's who's blowing you up right now and i just respond with uh, spurs stuff and uh <laughs> that that pretty much gets to the point and 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 suffices so on that note let's talk about spurs stuff um Coming off of a fantastic win today, only only team in the league with three wins in three outings, nine points, top of the table. It's a good place to be. However, it is August 29th, so I think we can all uh, contain our excitement a little bit. And there's a scummy team at the bottom of the table, which makes all of us pretty happy. But Mike, why don't you get us started? Let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about today's match and um, what some of the things you noticed about uh, Spurs versus Watford, including Musa Sissoko and a little bit of Danny Rose warming up on the touchline. Um, yeah. Oh boy. You really set me up there, Dave. Um, I, I think Musa, uh, for what it's worth, had an okay game specifically because he had what one day of training out there. So, I mean, um, you know, he had the little, he almost had a dust up with Nuno, um, kicked the ball <laughs> at him. That was kind of funny. Uh, I, you know, and as far as Danny Rose goes, it was nice to see him on the, on the sideline warming up and the crowd gave him his little song and gave him a, a nice clap and he acknowledged the crowd and so did Musa. So that was, that was, uh, that was pretty nice. Um, getting to the, 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 the game, um, you know, I mean, I think we're starting to see a little bit of what, um, what Nuno Ball is going to look like, right? Running a four-three-three, uh, heavily defensive, um, 
you know, it's it's similar to Marino Marino ball, but in in uh, in a way that um, a different way is that Nuno's not just a, a raging prick, right? So you know, we don't have to deal with that situation. We don't have to, again, like I keep saying over and over again, I feel like a broken record. We don't have to, we're not going to have to deal with Nuno throwing people under the bus that, you know, don't have a good game or, you know, getting, getting thrown out of the lineup because they have one bad, you know, one bad game or one bad mess up. Um, I thought Davidson Sanchez again was pretty damn solid. Um, he had a, he got a nice leg in there on that, uh, that one shot that, that Watford had that came actually close that, that um, ended up kind of just dribbling in, but that SAR got in close on um, Sanchez came over to protect, protect Dyer's position. Um, you know, I guess I can take these. Uh, <laughs> I could take probably 30, 31, one, nothing wins. Right. <laughs> that would be what 90 93 points yeah, yeah I, I think that would be a decent place that, to that might get you top of the table buddy um, very well it's i mean that's obviously not going to happen we're going to have games where you know where we where we don't perform well where we lose two nothing you know three one you know we're going to have those games but uh as of right now I think it's looking good. I, I think with Nuno, the way the way that we're watching him play, it seems like we're not backing up under our defensive third. We're not, you know, sitting way, way, way back. It's it's kind of a it's kind of more of a mid low block, right? Versus, I mean, I, I think they play on the outside of that the eighteen yard box versus versus playing inside of it when they're playing defense. And, you know, you haven't seen a lot of balls getting in there in these last three games. It's kind of nice. You got a lot of guys that are, you know, if, um, you know, if Tanganga gets beat, you see Skippy coming back and filling space, right? Um, you see Delhi's running all over the place like a lunatic. Um, I, I'm quite sure he probably ran the most this week, this weekend. Uh, again, um, he's everywhere. He's a hard worker, man. He really is a hard worker out there. And I think he's trying to show – Spurs fans that he's not what they made him out to be on that stupid documentary. Um, Harry, Harry, uh, I'm going to call him. I'm not going to say his name, his full name yet. I'm going to call him HK 10, you know, just uh, after, after his buddy TB 12, right. And CR seven, CR seven, CR seven. Okay, here we go. Um, You know, he, he wasn't really involved a lot. He, uh, you know, he wasn't making a lot of like quick runs. He, um, he made a, a couple of decent passes, but I didn't see like uh, anything that made me think of, you know, HK 10, you know, um, he kind of, he kind of fluffed that beautiful ball that Lucas had uh, that Lucas put in there. Um, I know that, I know the goalie got his hand out or got his foot on it to uh, to kind of knock it away, but I think in the in the past he would have been there to put that ball to put put that ball away. Um, as far as the rest of the team, <laughs> Sonny's Sonny's goal was was kind of funny. I don't think he meant really to do that. Um, I mean, certainly that that goaltender would made a huge mistake. Um, you know, I think I think. 
we we held possession a lot. I mean, it was what 60 40, somewhere in that realm. Um, and when they did have the ball, it was often Sar making runs. Um, but I think he after the first 20 minutes, he kind of he kind of got shut down by by Reggie a little bit. Um, and again, you saw a lot of guys coming back to fill space. I don't. I, I wasn't really impressed with Skippy in the very in the very first half, but I mean, in the second half, I I think he uh, he came out and he played. He played pretty well. You know, um, other than that, I, I think it was an overall a good game to watch. It wasn't it wasn't super exciting, super fun, but I didn't feel any real moments of like yeah, you know, <laughs> that kind of feeling you get when when. Like last week when Adama Traore got the ball, you know, I I never felt other than a couple of times Asar had the ball that we were that Tottenham was going to be in any kind of trouble. Um, but, you, you know, know Mike, I, I think that's an interesting distinction between now and the past, and I want to I want to pivot to to Steve on this. Steve, the last three weeks, so one nil wins the last three weeks. What what's felt different for me has been that none of those one nil wins when you get into the final 10 minutes, you know, plus extra time, you know, I haven't felt like anything was hanging on by a thread. I haven't felt a lack of confidence against city against wolves and definitely today against Watford. Whereas in previous seasons, especially last season, you know, you always just kind of, we're just waiting for us to make a mistake and waiting for us for something to fall apart. What's your take on that? Do you see that the same way? And then could you talk us through just some of the, uh, some of the tactical approaches that you saw playing out today? Yeah. I mean, I think the, Big piece of the puzzle here is that in in the last season in particular, when we were defending a lead, it was a, a defensive performance, right? Everybody's kind of sitting back and we're trying to, you know, close up the space and uh, essentially inviting that pressure onto us. And, you know, Dyer and Sanchez in particular, they don't particularly do well when they are constantly pressed all day we all know they've each got at least one mistake in them every game right um when you've got somebody attacking and attacking and attacking those opportunities exponentially increase for mistakes to happen you know they're not perfect so what i think nuno has done and has done well is when we're defending a lead we're actually trying to press and force the turnover to bring the ball forward more um, you know, it's, it's not that we're stretching the, the play or we're not opening up, um, ourselves too much. We're just, you know, looking for the one or two guys to, to, you know, kind of run past the defenders, carry the ball into their half, ease the pressure on our, our, our defensive players there. Um, and that's where you get guys like Tanganga and, and Reggie who are, are kind of clutch to that, right? Like they're, they are defenders, no doubt about that but they position themselves higher up in such a way where they're almost outlets for the defense, right? They can bring that ball forward. They can, you know, run. They've got both of them motors on them. Could go for hours and hours and hours. Um, and, and Mike had the, that great point, you know, when that happens, you see players like skip that kind of just drop back and, and occupy the space uh, to make sure that nobody's getting in behind. Um, and, and, and that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's, it's all been one nil wins so far, but I, I see that more as the offense hasn't quite clicked together yet, as opposed to us being overly defensive in any way, 
the opportunities are there. You know, Mike had mentioned that that Kane miss. Um, there were a couple other plays uh, where it just didn't feel like, you know, whether it was a lack of space, lack of confidence, lack of whatever, um, in and around the box, it didn't really seem like anybody was willing to take that that shot from distance or, you know, if they were playing a nice ball that kind of cut through the defense, nobody was running onto it. You know, they weren't expecting it. There wasn't the, that anticipation. And I, I feel like if things continue in this way, eventually it will click for those attackers and they will start to kind of understand where one another is trying to play the ball and, and how they're trying to get in at the defense. And then it will all come together. Of course, the flip side of that is you need the confidence there as well. Bergwijn needs to, you know, get a, a solid stretch of goals in order for him to, you know, feel like he can shoot a bit more. Um, you know, Lucas in the same way. I feel like Sonny, when he goes into his slumps, you know, he, he has a tendency to not shoot when you would feel like he, he it's like a certain goal. Um, and that's, you know, that's where the, the big struggle of HK 10 comes in. Right. He's the guy who like, if you're low on confidence, you just give him the ball and you expect him to score, but whether it's fitness or, you know, the, his extended vacation, it's just not quite there yet for him either. So we're seeing really scrappy wins, uh, but wins nonetheless. And, and honestly, it's, it's, in my opinion, credit to the, the great deal of team camaraderie that they've got going on there. Everybody's willing to work for each other. You know, you don't see uh, a lot of infighting. You don't see people pointing fingers. Like, I don't know if any of you guys caught the uh, Everton game this weekend where Richarlison was like throwing a hissy fit because he wanted to take the penalty. He wanted the kick. Yeah. 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 That's not happening, right? You don't see Harry Kane trying to grab the ball and take those free kicks. No, he's been relieved of free kick duty, thank God. Um, and it's gone to, you know, I think Dyer took a couple. I think I saw Hoybeard with a, a direct shot um, on one. But, you know, you don't see anybody jostling for that. They know what their goal, their role, are, their roles are, excuse me, and they are executing it the way that they're supposed to are there mistakes sure yeah you know skippy takes a little bit to get into the game reggie same kind of deal you know he you know kind of looks a little frazzled at times and then eventually settles into something um but they're they're all in it together especially towards the end of the game when it really counts uh and just last but not least you know big shout out to uh eric dyer's forehead for blocking a uh, shot on target today. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but uh, I think it was about a thousand miles an hour. It was. <laughs> he looked he looked shocked to have the block, basically. As right? soon as it happened, my son went, ooh. And you know, he he just stood up. He just he took it and he just kept going. You didn't see him falling onto the ground and, and crying about it like some of these other guys. Uh, but no, I think the, the key here so far has just been teamwork. You know, it's a it's a it's a team that goes out there. It's a team that fights. It's a team that wins. It's not the Harry Kane team. It's not the Sun team. It's Tottenham Hotspur. Steve, you brought up a, a number of points that resonated with me. First, the um, regarding HK10, and I do like our, our current moniker. We're going to stick with that for a little while until he proves himself worthy of uh, full, full name status on Wicked Spursy. But he just looked not match fit for a Premier League match, essentially. You know, he 
Um, and that's what you get. That's what you get when you go to Florida for an extended vacation. And then you come back and train by yourself because well, all that happened. Um, so, you know, had he been ready to go at the start, we might've seen a different HK 10 today, but that is what we saw. You know, another piece you mentioned, Steve, uh, Tanganga and, and Reggion, it seems like both of those guys, they need 15, 20, 25 minutes to kind of settle in, you know, and, and I would say like the team in general, the last few matches has been a little bit skittish for the first 15, 20 minutes. And then it seems like things start clicking and, and that's working. Um, as long as we don't play a team that's going to punish us in those first 15, 20 minutes and, and, and make us pay. And, and we end up, um, you know, chasing as opposed, as opposed to leading. But um, finally, your comment on, on actually, maybe this was Mike's comment on Sonny's goal, which, yeah, seemed like a complete and total accident, but it, boy, it feels good to go into the half up one Oh, rather than, than tied nil nil um, and just having a, a clean slate for the second half. So definitely good stuff. Let's yeah, uh, I, I honestly think a lot of it's just down to inexperience, right? Like this is Reggie's what second season in the league. It's, you know, Tanganga's first where he's really playing consistently we've got a relatively young team now right only hugo's over 30 um and we're signing like if you look at the profiles of the guys that we've signed so far and the guys that we're linked to they're all younger guys it's naturally going to take them a little bit to kind of get the feel for you know what's going on get up to pace um and i i think that's okay as long as they're disciplined and concentrated the entire time right you can, you know, kind of feel things out a bit, but don't let that become to your detriment, right? You've got to be clued in. If you're going to get beat, hustle back. And I think that's what we see a lot, right? Somebody gets beat, they're turning and they're running. They're sprinting straight back to, you know, kind of atone for that. You know, no the, the thing is, too, is that, like, like I said, I think I said it last week was this, most of these guys, a lot of these guys are good a good share of them it's their third system in three years fourth system maybe if you want to count ryan mason um doing whatever it is he did but like you know a lot of these guys got all fucked up in the head because they went they went from playing the diamond uh, you know for 900 games and then they come in and then they have to sit low block after you know, try and defend for 75 minutes after scoring one goal, you know, and, and then they went to Ryan Mason and then now we're, they're in a completely different situation, you know, where, where wingbacks are, are able and allowed to come up and, and, and play the ball and push the ball forward. So I, like you said, Steve, I think you're going to have an attacking, a, a more attacking team once people are, you know, comfortable playing with each other and, and within the system. I think it's time now for us to uh, to pause for a break. We have a new segment of the show. Yeah. You guys don't know about this, but our new segment is called Hey Mike, What You Drinking? So Mike, hey Mike, what you drinking? Uh, right now, I am, I am drinking a Foundation uh, uh, West Coast Surf Club, but I gotta, I'm going to take this one out here uh, that I got from our friends down at Goodwater, uh, my friend Aaron uh, down at Goodwater. Um, and I'm going to open this up right here uh, on the air live. Uh, it's Provincetown Brewing Company. It's uh, out of Provincetown, Mass. It's called the Bearded Mistress. Um, the the great thing about this brewery is that they're um, they're a progressive brewery, uh, pushing progressive uh, um, ideals. Um, 
I think they're an LGBTQ, um, either friendly or owned uh, brewery. Um, so 15% um, of all their profits go to uh, go into um, progressive causes. So uh, this, it, this can in particular that I have, um, it has, says right on the label, supports immigration equality. Um, so each of their cans has a different cause that, that are, uh, that it's, uh, tied to. Um, so here we go. Let's open this up and see how it tastes. Aaron, Aaron told me he hadn't tasted one yet. So it seems like every Sunday when I go down after the match or during the match, he leaves me with a delicious beer. So we'll plug good water after I open this. Oh no. <laughs> There's the sound. See, I was half expecting him to have like shaken it up for you just so when you do open it up, it just sprays on you live on air. And we can all just, yeah, he, I, I don't know if Aaron's going to clown me like that. <laughs> you know, but, Mike, go ahead. While, while, while you're taking that sip, we may be onto something here, like making Mike try a new beer each week and, and give an instant review. We, we might truly be onto something. <laughs> okay. Uh, without being a complete fucking nerd. Um, this tastes <laughs> really you better good. stop right there mike because i'm sorry keep going this tastes yeah. really good um it's got like a um it's not as citrusy as you would think uh you know like an east coast ipa would be it's not gonna it's not a huge hot bomb it's actually pretty smooth uh uh seems to be kind of session a sessionish kind of a beer it's a single uh ipa um can i say that again sessionish session that's a um, yeah. <laughs> uh 5.5% alcohol. Uh it's pretty, it's pretty tasty. Like I said, it's not a huge hot bomb. Um it's got a little uh shit. I, I'm gonna get really fucking nerdy and I hate this, but it's kind of bready a little bit. So it's got a little malty, a little malty character to it, I guess. Um, but it it smells good, it tastes good. Uh I like it. Uh it, I'm gonna give it a 3.5 out of five. All right. There you have it. This has been uh this week's. This week's edition of Hey Mike, what you drinking? So uh, thanks, thanks to everyone for that. Steve, I think I might see you drinking a Coors Banquet beer. Am I am I correct? That is correct. Yeah, classy, <laughs> classy. I have a painkiller out of a ball jar, so that's uh, that's what we're rolling with on my end. So actually, it's a double. So if I make it through this recording, we'll be in good shape. And to our listeners, it's five a.m. as we're recording, so you know we're we're getting the day off. Just... <laughs> anyway, back to it, um, Steve. I would love 5 a.m. <laughs> right. I would love to hear you, Steve, talk about not referees, um, not rosters. I want you to talk about announcers. Uh, and maybe maybe for any overseas listeners, you might need to paint the peacock picture for folks. But uh, what do you think about the announcers on the American broadcast today? Well, I mean, I kind of already took a, a little jab at them with that, you know, Reggion's fifth minute tackle. I swear to God, we must have heard that at least two dozen times in that first half. I am shocked he didn't bring that up again in the second. Um, or if he did, I just stopped listening to him. I, I don't know who you, you pulled up the names, Dave, before, and I can't even remember who it was. Yeah. I want to say that our color guy was Tony Gale. I think the, uh, the play-by-play -play was Gary Taphouse. So I think it's Tony Gale who was the, uh, the one that just had a lot of nonsense to say. God. He, he was terrible the entire time. Like he was just, it, it's almost as if he's an Arsenal fan who just like, is just so bitter 
at what Spurs are doing right now that Arsenal can't, that he's just like looking for excuses to rag on the team. It was, I don't know, it kind of felt totally unprofessional, right? And it, and it got me thinking that, uh, you know, that other guy who was um, commenting, uh, who was it, Gary Taphouse? Yes. Uh, it, at times it kind of felt like he was trying to like steer the ship in a different direction. Like, uh, all right, dude, like let's, let's bring it back to the game here. And uh, it, I don't know, it just didn't feel like they were on the same wavelength. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure the people, uh, you know, our friends across the pond there um, that have to deal with the sky or yeah, the sky sports broadcasts have similar gripes about the commentary team, but man, it's just all sorts of terrible. Like it, it's, it's, the equivalent of like listening to to you know nails on a chalkboard almost like it's just it's not great and the, i think the 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 thing that really kicked me off on this uh rant more so than the uh every 5 minutes bringing up Regian's tackle um was the comment that he made about how he was surprised that Oliver Skip was starting over Harry Wings <laughs> surprise like <laughs> what <laughs> are you kidding me and and well, I, well harry winks is more experienced steve i mean that that decides it doesn't it yeah but like it's like he's never seen wings play you know he kind of just sees oh you know i, I looked at um spurs's average lineups last season and saw a harry winks name a lot so he should be the guy that starts whereas any of us who you know are I, I think probably at least semi-intelligent when we were talking about this sort of thing. Understand that you know Winks hasn't been super stable. Skip is coming off a uh, huge performance in the championship with Norwich uh, and hasn't really put a foot wrong so far this season. I mean, it's not a surprise to me um, that Skip's starting over Winks. I, well, and, and Steve, let's add that Skip's the only guy on that pitch that played Watford twice last year. Nobody else played Watford twice last year, right? So, you know, there may even be a tactical advantage to having Skippy on that pitch. He, he lost to him twice, though. Too. He did lose to him twice, but he knew more than the rest of them did, right? That's that's fair. That is it's fair. It's funny, a team, a, a team like Norwich that ran away with the championship lost to Watford twice. Who what? They were, were they the playoff winner or was it Brentford? I mean, Brentford mm, won the playoff, right? I think Brentford did win the playoff. So Watford must have been the second. Must be. Second, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, again, Steve, I, 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 I think this is another new segment. Like, we'll call That's it Steve. Why, why are you a homer this week? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the like. Again, I'm, I'm gonna say I love the fact that you're such a fucking homer. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, let's talk about the homer piece, Mike. So, you know, Mike and I are baseball fans, and one thing about American baseball is you can watch your hometown announcers. And so, if I'm watching a baseball game, I choose to watch my team's announcers. And I know what I'm getting. I'm getting a biased product with that, right? But that's a choice I make. I could actually listen to the other team's announcers as well. When when, when I'm watching a Premier League match on NBC or on Peacock or on, you know, NBCSN, whatever it might be, I'm expecting a neutral, neutral delivery. And unfortunately, what, what we get often is one of the commentators is either neutral or, or, or not neutral or very skewed in, in one direction or another. Um, to go further, by the way... Say again. It's almost always against Spurs. That's the it thing. sure feels like it. And then I question myself, Steve. Like, am I being overly sensitive and just, you know, like sensitive Spurs fan thinking that? But I don't think that's 
the case. I do want to acknowledge Gary Taphouse is an awesome name. You know, I think it'd be cool to have a, a buddy named Gary Taphouse. But um, but the you other guy on a pizza shop with a lot of beers, pizza shop or a lot of beers, or maybe run a, a sugar shack or something like that for, you know, New England phrase for people. But, you know, talking about the other guy, whatever his name was again, Tony something or other, uh, Peter Gale. Gale, Tony Gale. You know, I, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I, I'm a former history teacher. You don't have to be a history teacher to know a little bit about history and know some things that are appropriate or inappropriate. So Actually, it's you not, should know these things. You should know these things. So it's not that hard to understand a little bit about colonialism and um, some of the harmful effects that colonialism have caused to people across the world for centuries. Um, it's not difficult to find the narrative that says that... Uh, India Pale Ale, where that name came from and why it was named that. It's not difficult to figure out why when people landed in what's now the United States, they referred to indigenous people as Indians because they, they were looking for something different, right? It's not hard to know that history. So when a Sky Sports slash NBC broadcaster during a broadcast says that Watford has too many chiefs and not enough Indians, I got to tell you, I was flabbergasted. And uh, as I was flipping through Twitter, like I saw other people with the same reaction going, what's the deal with the racist announcer? And I'm, I'm not ready to say the guy was like, openly blatantly trying to be that way because we all say and do stupid things it's but you need to go ahead mike go ahead no it's the equivalent today uh like saying something like that today it's the equivalent of doing what jimmy the greek did years ago bingo that's exactly right like that's because exactly right you know those are things that people said but it's not appropriate and he got fired for it and this guy's this guy it's like they probably said oh shit we don't have a color guy for this peacock broadcast. <laughs> Call up Tony. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's got an English accent. He probably knows about soccer. He just came in and 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 was it, he was garbage. And, yeah, and garbage. he said then he what he said he said what he said. And I guess you know they tried to reel it back in, but I. <laughs> Uh, it was said. Hey, Mike, for for again, for our worldwide listening audience, uh, some people may not know who Jimmy the Greek is. So I want to hear you explain what he did without offending anyone or getting us pulled off of uh, off the podcast airwaves. So Jimmy's the thinking. Greek, so Jimmy the Greek was a guy on CBS who would come on every week um, in the pregame and postgame. And he did very little analysis but um he did more he did more of like a uh god i i don't know it was it was kind of like a a, a like a betting card you know he kind of he kind of predicted the games right um so what what happened was like i said he didn't do a lot of this kind of tactical analysis so at one, I can't, I got, I don't know how I'm going to. I'm enjoying your, ang your agony right here. This is actually kind of fun, Mike. So I'm getting very angsty. <laughs> Let's just say he says he, he spoke inappropriately about groups of people. Is that, is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. 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 So like he decided that he was going to make a comment about a, a, a player um, who was a, who was a player of color um and he kind of said what he said about black players versus white players i guess is something you could say um 
and that was probably early 90s is that is that an accurate i think it was collection um the late 80s yeah and he disappeared quickly um, he did he did he did like a 60 minutes thing and then like he talked about like oh jesus christ uh he talked about it was basically about black athletes being better than than white athletes because of where they came from and because of the civil war and like slaves and running and it was very it was very uncomfortable for everybody else on the set that day i remember it i was a kid so i remember it um and they kind of it was a typical thing like they tried to reel him back in i mean it was a little worse than what the guy today said but it it happened and he was gone i mean it's it's happened other times too you know but he's he's realized that like I think is that that you know later on in life that he screwed up. I mean, it ruined his life. I think the guy ended up going bankrupt and he lost everything because of that. And that's you know what, Mike. First, you did very well with with <laughs> with walking through that. But second, that kind of gets to the point, right? So there's when you are, especially in the live broadcasting context, when when you're paid to deliver information that is spot on, but also not offensive. You know, there's a skill that goes to that. And I guess the point I'd like to make is, um, and it looks like both these guys work for for Sky Sports kind of primarily, you know, NBC obviously contracted with them for, for this today, but there's an obligation. You know what I mean? The employer needs to make sure that whoever's, whoever they're putting on those airwaves across the globe has to be able to, has to be able to carry that thing in a way that's going to be respectful and treat people appropriately. And uh, this is not the late eighties. This is not the 70s, 60s or goodness gracious. It's not the earlier 1900s or 1800s. Like, so we can't say stupid things like that, especially when you're a public figure. And uh, it's unfortunate that that guy carried it off that way. And, you know, we all say dumb things, but some end up being more prominent than others. So I hope they find it an appropriate way internally to manage that and handle that, but I would recommend that Tony Hale not do, you know, too many more, um, too many more football games. That's just, just my take on it. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Completely. Ooh, we got through that. Ooh, yeah. All right. So bummer over. Hey, Steve, what you drinking? No, I'm sorry. Let's get back, <laughs> let's get back to something else. Um, Mike, who do you see that you were super impressed with today? What did you see that, that just had you excited about, um, about somebody on our squad? That's kind of tough. I, I I'd have to say, you know, I I super impressed again, Deli Ali. Um, the guy's in all the right places at all the right times. Um, he tracks back, plays a lot of defense these days. Um, I you know he he did have a couple of little spots where he tried his little deli flicks, you know, his his little back heel flicks. Um, but that that ball control that he had in the box with four dudes around him. And then he, then he tried to flip it back over his head. Um, I don't then know he tried to barge that. through the 40 year old guy who was blocking his way. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I mean, it, it's just, it was, it's, it was super fun. The guy has amazing control of the ball and he has like this crazy spatial awareness. Um, I, I really think there was, Every single yellow card that we picked up today was purposeful and on and on and on time. Um, 
minus the one that you know Regulon should have had in the fifth minute. Um, but that said, um, outside of that, like, um, I, I wasn't super impressed with with the substitutions today. Lucas didn't do much, but he had that one nice, beautiful cross. Um, I, I think Lucas is one of these guys who has to have a good run of games. And I think he gets way more up for a bigger opponent than he does for say a Watford. Um, Brian, I thought was going to make a better, I mean, in the limited time that he had was going to make a, a better kind of um, run out there. But um, again, Deli Ali was super impressive and everybody who had a yellow, I think was, was a perfect, perfectly timed yellows they weren't cynical you know i i mean they weren't cynical on our end i think they were they were well timed and uh one or one of them might have been one or two of them might have been possibly questionable yellows but i think harry harry's was hk10 his uh his was definitely yellow i think skippy's was definitely yellow um but you know i mean in the end, it my super my super impressive performance was Deli Alley again. Very good, Steve. How about you? Anybody stand out for you? Yeah, Hoiberg, um, for me was was immense, and I I've, I've been trying to find uh, the stats because it it seemed like I, I wish I remember where I saw it earlier, um, but he had something like you know a hundred percent. You know accuracy and he had like two clearances two interceptions you know that dude was a, a massive presence in midfield um and you know Watford did play a lot more on the wings you know obviously their strategy was give it to Sar and hope for the best mm-hmm. um which to be fair is a pretty damn good strategy for them um, but anything that went into the middle it seemed like you know between Hoybjerg and Skippy it got mopped up and Hoiberg in particular, uh, he had some some great challenges, great clearances. I don't even think he got carded. I think he was one of the few who managed to make it out. Yeah, he was uh, the only midfielder out there uh, that did not get a yellow. Um, but you know, he was he, well timed challenges. His honestly, even his uh, his free kick, his shot there, that was. You know, it was on target, which is more thin. I think we can say. I think that, that I think that might have been going in, had it had it not been touched. Yeah, but I mean, uh, dude, I think the, the goaltender was was leaning the wrong way. I, I I agree. I think he had a good game. And Mike, yeah. you are you are sporting your uh, Hoybier new away jersey, right? I sure am. I there sure am. Proudly, actually, uh, t- funny thing. I uh, when I went to Dick's Sporting Goods today to get my son his. Uh, his uh, shin guards for next this coming season, this coming fall season. Um, I we came back out and I was parked next to a guy and I looked and I looked at him briefly. I saw a shirt he had a Queens Park Rangers shirt on. Mm. So I said, so I looked at him. I and he looked at me. I kind of gave him the the guy head nod. And I was like, <laughs> nice shirt, man. And he goes, he goes, man, those Tottenham those Tottenham shirts are fire. That's what nice. he said. <laughs> and you know what? If if it can look good on somebody that looks like me, <laughs> but he he, he said uh, he said that Hoyberg have a have a goal today, and I said no. He goes, oh, I thought I saw something on the on the uh, 
on the replay, but he said it was just briefly. So he didn't tell me who he was actually a fan of, but he did say good for Tottenham. <laughs> uh, here it is. Two tackles, two interceptions, two clearances, one blocked shot. That uh, he, I don't know what it is. Having Skip next to him is like just opening up this absolute Viking. Like everything we th- we've seen glimpses of last season, like it's just all out there right now. I am loving it. Um, dude's immense. I, I I am so glad. Uh, to watch him play a, a lot of the time, uh, especially when our offense isn't really firing so well. Uh, it's nice to have somebody who's like just completely bossing the game in every possible way. So Steve, on that, on that point, I'm curious in your, your take on what to do with that third midfielder, right? So a lot of the other podcasts I listen to kind of debate whether or not it's wise to have Hoybier and Skippy on the pitch at the same time and how you need somebody more, more forward thinking and, and creative, right? But the way we're playing Delhi is further further up the pitch, you know, that whole type of thing. What Steve, what do you think the ideal combination of our of our midfielders would look like in your mind? I mean, I think we're looking at it right now. And and the reason being, I think, you know, Los Celso probably has a little bit more creativity than Delhi, but Delhi's got an engine that Los Celso does not have. Um and Lacesso's creativity has also been kind of lax um, so far, you know, at the end of last season and, and so far this season, um, he's, he's kind of not looked uh, the sharpest. So given current personnel, I think we've got the best midfield we can possibly put out there. Um, I, I disagree that playing Hoiberg and Skip is a detriment to the team. I think that Skip is doing a great job at letting Hoiberg be more dynamic as a player. Uh, and it, it eases a lot of the burden. You know, how many times did I mentioned last season where, you know, when Hoiberg is kind of shackled, um, it's that much easier for, for the other team to attack, right? And, and having Skip alongside him unshackles him in the best possible way, right? It's not all on his shoulders. He's not taking all of the burden um, defensively, right? He can just kind of freely float anywhere between the defensive and offensive third and just make those interceptions, make those tackles. Whereas I feel a lot of last season, he was kind of stuck back almost right in front of the defensive third. And anytime he got away from it, it was dangerous. Right. So I I think having skipped there is a necessity with Hoybjerg. Delhi's engine is fantastic. I think if we had a more creative midfielder in there, I could, I could honestly see Delhi playing a little further forward too at times. Um, But again, I think, I think when, when we're clicking offensively later in the season, it'll look a lot nicer. You know, maybe people forget about this whole, well, we don't have any great attacking players in the midfield right now. Um, Because remember Delhi almost scored today with, a late run from midfields completely open in the box. That was trademark Delhi. Um, and the other thing while I'm on the, the, the Delhi train right now, uh, is anybody going to explain to these commentators, uh, that Delhi wants to go by Delhi? I mean, it's, it's been like what, uh, at least a season now, 
and they just keep it oh ollie's got it ollie's got it it's like he doesn't want that like you, you again with the commentators right you should know these things like have a little asterisk on your post-it note in front of you that says call him deli um call but, him by the name that's on the back of the jersey right that that would be the that would be the key exactly and even the graphics the graphics do it too right when he got carded it said ali yep uh, but anyway yeah i i think that uh when he gets his confidence back, um, he's going to be a threat, without a doubt. Um, he's doing the work right now with no end product. It, it's the same as Bergwine, right? Um, the only difference is I think Delhi's probably closer to getting to that end product than Bergwine is at this point in time. Um, and it, it, he's going to do it. I, I, I'm loving the work rate he's got. I'm loving the attitude he has this season. I think this is a, this is a guy who... You know, maybe not right after international break. Maybe it'll take, you know, another couple of weeks, but he's going to start being a huge offensive threat out of midfield um, if he keeps doing what he's been doing so far, without a doubt. Um, but yeah, I, I, unless we bring a, a new creative midfielder in, I think you got to stick with those three. That's got to be your first choice combination. Very good. Very good. Mike, I'm wondering from you, um, I think it's 48 hours left in the transfer window and we're going to record next weekend and, and do a review of the transfer window because it's in the middle of the international break. But I'm curious what your thoughts at least up to this point are, or maybe more importantly, um, what you're thinking still needs to be done for the best, the best possible transfer window for Spurs. Um, I, I, I'd still, think we need some defensive depth um i think that you're gonna really run into an issue um with aurier not being in there um and getting game time um if you're going to get rid of aurier he needs to be replaced if not you have to get him on the field um and i i think that he should have been in the team today but I think it, you're going to run into a problem there. I think you're also going to run into a problem with your midfield depth. Um, we've been linked with probably 30 to 40 midfielders in the past week. <laughs> you know, everybody from like Mariba to Weston McKenney to, I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that, that um, they're not doing more just to get, deals done where they need to get them done um you know i i don't i don't understand what happened with tamiyasu um that just kind of disappeared um i i guess what's happening with with mariba and barca is that he's got to decide well him and his dad or something have to decide between um leipzig and tottenham um and then you know we got we got um, Sar in here. That's good, but he's not going to be with us for a season. So, I, I, I you know, I, I, right now we need midfield depth. We need depth on the on the right side of the defense and at center back. Because if you're not going to play Aurier, you're not going to play Joe Roden um, at all. Um, then he's not you know he's not even showing up in, in training. So I mean I don't I don't understand what's what their what their situation is, what they're doing, but they better figure it out, and they better figure it out soon 
or you're gonna have a real problem come Christmas break. You know, I saw a rumor, I don't know if it's true. Um, so just disclaimer there that Roden um, might've actually had COVID and the club's been kind of covering by saying he has a, a small injury and, but that's why he's, you know, not training with the team and hmm. hasn't been playing again, grain of salt. Nobody official has said anything about that. That was just like one of those, you know, uh, uh, Reddit conspiracy threads that I like to find myself in when I'm bored. Uh, but it makes sense. You know, that could be feasible you know he had a good uh, uh, a good euros i don't understand why he wouldn't be with the team um if we come back from international break and he's still not getting in then maybe there's some question marks there but that's also a little too little too late right from a transfer perspective very true and that's an interesting theory on the uh the possible covid uh with regard to regard to roden i want to point out mike you were just talking about mariba um Steve's favorite ITK guy, Fabrizio Romano. I'm just reading a tweet from him from like an hour ago saying that Tottenham are currently not capital NOT in negotiations for Mariba. Leipzig are working to complete the agreement with Barcelona. Uh, his agents already have an agreement on a five-year contract with Leipzig for next year. Talks are to anticipate the new deal. So the interesting thing about this guy, and I shared this in our in our chat earlier like this this reminds me of like the uh the ball brothers in the nba um where the the dad is the agent and uh wants to pull all the strings like who even wants to who even wants to sign up with somebody like that if the player holland, wants holland to come is to you, like that too with his dad holland is like that too yeah if the player wants to come to you but daddy doesn't want to let him like you're, you're just asking for trouble and then um i would i would pass anyway regardless of the talent but i don't own a premier league or any type of football club although that would be very fun um, Steve, what else is on your mind? We've got a, after the break, we've got hot and heavy fixture congestion. What, what are you thinking about as you look ahead to that? You know, it's going to be, it, I think this is going to be a, a big test for Nuno. Um, yeah, honestly, opening weekend at Man City was a huge test, but, uh, this more so, right. Cause we've got you know, we've got, uh, what is it, Crystal Palace, the first weekend back from international. Um, I'm not terribly concerned about that, to be honest. But then you've got, um, I'm going to butcher this, Rennes, Rennes um, in the Conference League. And then three days later, it's Chelsea. And then two days later, it's Wolves. And then four days after that, it's like the games are going to come fast. And, yeah. you know, you don't sleep on Chelsea. I don't think, you know, Rennes is, is – they're not a bad team in league one uh, in, in France there. That's not an, a, a team that you go in and you expect, Oh, well, you know, the B team should be able to deal with it. Right. Like you're in the group stage now. So there is a little bit of a, uh, of forgiveness. If you do get a loss, you know, that, that first loss there, but we're not in an easy group either. Um, so does Nuno, you know, kind of use it as, as a B team playground uh, to get some of those guys out there. Is he going to sprinkle in some starters? I, I don't know. I don't know what his priorities are. The Carabao cup coming two days after Chelsea, that to me screams like a, just throw it away. Like it's not worth it. You know, we've got other bigger games coming up um, that are a bit more important. Uh, but again, I don't know what the priorities are. I, to Mike's point, unless something happens um, in the next, what, two or three days here in the transfer window, 
I, I, I can't see us having enough depth to compete on three or four fronts. We're going to have to start picking and choosing our battles. And given that we've got um, the scum coming up after, uh, is it after Chelsea or is it two games after? Uh, we've got, right? Yeah, we got after. Chelsea so on the 19th, Wolves on the 21st, and, and Arsenal 26th. Well, yeah, really? I, I mean, yeah. honestly, I would. Well, Wolves, Wolves is the FA Cup or is the uh, uh, Carabao. Carabao. Yeah, it's Carabao. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I would rather you know, starters against Chelsea, B team against Wolves. I don't care about the Carabao Cup throw it away if you have to if that's the competition you sacrifice do it because i want everybody to be primed and ready to go so that we can just smash the shambolic scum team right out the gate and really establish ourselves like you know i don't think we beat chelsea i think that's that's probably going to be our first loss but i want us to bounce back and and really just let these that shambolic club just completely have it you know, if that's the game that breaks our one nil uh, win duck and we start scoring four, five, six, seven, eight goals, please, please, I would gladly drop out of the Carabao Cup to make that happen. Um, I don't think, I don't think you sacrifice the conference league. I think you have to go in on, on that one to some degree, whether it's a mix of starters or or not. Um, that does need to take some priority because there is a little something about you know from a history perspective being the first team to win the, 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 the cup, right? Even if it is lesser, it would still be a, a, a great achievement for us. Um, but not at the, you know, and, and Carabao Cup, yeah, if we can get past Wolves, fine, whatever, but not at the expense of Chelsea, not at the expense of Arsenal. Like those are the games that you prioritize uh, in, in that stretch, in my opinion. Mike, what do you think on that? Specifically on the um, question of do you sacrifice one of the competitions? That's what I'm most curious about. No, yeah. I mean, like I, I like I said last year, who cares about Carabao, right? So uh, like Steve said, a B team in against Wolves, you know, I mean, it's it seems, you know, looking at the, the pairings, like they did the Wolves thing on purpose. So it's 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 a little bit a little bit of a of a stretch that, oh look, you gotta play Wolves in the Carabao Cup. Let's uh you know, let's draw up a little bit of uh, Nuno versus Wolves thing again. It just happened. You know, it, it it's not going to happen like that again because it's going to be completely, it's going to be a completely different situation um, because the lineups are going to be different uh, for both teams, I think. Uh, Wolves might care about that competition more than we do at this point, but. Um, care, care about, did you get that? Care about. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Boy, we're we're really uh, getting thin here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> not in a, not at a physical standpoint, but um, so I, you know, I really think that um, I, I think in the in the end, you want to focus on the league. You want to focus on. I really do think you want to focus on this third tier European tournament. You know, uh, like Steve said, we don't have the easiest draw, but um, you know, I. I it's, it should be easy to get out of, you know, and we're going to, we should be able to get, you know, qualify out of the, out of the group stage. And if we don't, we don't, not a big deal, but you want to focus on FA cup. You want to focus on, on your, on your league games. So, you know, stay healthy for your league games because that's, what's going to get you bigger up next year. Or can't bigger disagree with you guys. Can't disagree at all. 
can't disagree. So let's move on. Closing comments, guys. What do you what do you want to share on the way out? Steve, what's on your mind? Uh, you know, and I don't know if we've mentioned this um, on, on the episode, but Reggion, he probably should have got a yellow after five minutes for that tackle on Sar. I don't understand why he didn't. And if I don't bring it up again in the next five or 10 minutes, um, you know, I know we're just ending here, but I'll give you guys a call afterwards and make sure that, you know, we're all on the same page that, that again, Reggion, yellow, five minutes, tackle on Sar. That's, that's it for me. I mean, what, what more is there to say, right? I think we have our episode title, something about Reggion should have got a yellow. We'll, we'll figure that out. Mike, how about you? There's comments going away. Um, going away. Um, again, guys, COVID's booming again. It's the, uh, it's the next big thing, you know. Um, Delta variant's the next big thing. Um, but outside of that, you know, I mean, just wear your mask. Don't be stupid. If you go into an indoor gathering, make sure you're masked up. Don't let anybody else ruin, ruin it for you. Um, other than that, I'm about to uh, really fuck up my my championship run in my fantasy football league in about 35 seconds here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the reigning champion, and I'm about to pick second, uh, and I don't know what's going to happen. There's like four running backs I have to choose from, so um, God we'll see. So yeah, it would God be speed. It's not going to be Saquon Barkley, I can tell you that. So it would be bad for you if we strung this out a little bit longer and got into your into your clock. Is that correct? No, 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 no. In, in 10 seconds, the first, first pick's going to be made. Um, and my guess is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Well, we're going to be if here. We want to hear a lot. If it's not, I'm taking him immediately. Welcome right. <laughs> to the best day of the year. Draft day. Did you hear that? <laughs> we, we do. We're curious to see what happens. There it is. That's on the clock. McCaffrey was taken. Which means I'm going to go with, and I'm probably going to screw it up here. Oh man, but, I feel like we need a drum roll. Yeah, drum roll uh, to. I should be taking Camara, but I'm going to be taking Dalvin Cook. There oh. it is. All right, the Dalvin pick is Cook. in. Dalvin Cook. Folks, you've heard it here first, and this has been an invigorating uh, little conversation we've had for you today. But, <laughs> hey, we are Wicked Spursy. Um, next week, we are hoping to have a special guest, our friend Nikki Winks. We're going to rate the Spurs uh, transfer window on the Winks scale, and Nikki Winks is going to help us out with that. But until then, gentlemen, I always appreciate you, and I thank you for the time. And to our, to our listeners, come on you Spurs. Remember to get those vaccines, wear those masks, and take care of yourselves. Be safe.